Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Collective Podcast. I am your host, as always, Sean Tasse, and joined today by Steph and Christina. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to be talking about uh, some interesting ways that you can accelerate your mortgage payments. Uh, something that not a lot of people talk about uh, unless they're in that particular realm, uh, both the Smith Maneuver and cash damming. But before we get into it, as always, hit that like button on the channel, subscribe to the channel so you can keep up to date for new listing videos before they show up, uh, as well as share this with a friend who might be interested in figuring out a way that they can pay down their mortgage sooner and keep some of their own hard-earned money in their pocket as opposed to giving it away to the government. Uh, so, Calendly links are below if you'd like to schedule an appointment with any of us and you want to skip this whole thing and just have a private conversation, you're more than welcome to do that. But ladies, thank you so much for joining me and uh, I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. Uh, introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about yourselves, why you got into what you're doing and uh, what you're all about. Amazing. Okay, well, I'll go first. Um, so Christina and I, we are uh, mortgage brokers. Uh, we both have a really strong background in the financial service industry. We originally spent many years uh, working for a big bad bank. Um, and then we deviated from that uh, because we started developing strategies. Um, you know, our whole ambition is to create strategic mortgage advice for wealth creation. Um, and some of the programs and innovative ways that we came up with, um, you know, don't always go inside with big profits for big banks. Um, so that's why In Debt on Purpose um, kind of came to fruition because we're really investigating strategies for homeowners um, to be able to hack their own mortgage, basically. Awesome. And as, as, sorry, I was going to say, as Steph mentioned, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it is really important, I think, for us to be able to deliver from an education perspective what is available out there and to be able to help people be able to see what the wealthy are doing to create that wealth and how we can apply it to everyday Canadians to help improve their financial um, lives as well, right? So it's something that's very near and dear to our heart. Yeah, the Smith Maneuver, it's like the perfect timing right now because interest rates are high. People are worried about inflation. You know, like a pint of strawberries is like $12 right now. And people are thinking, you know, how am I going to save for my retirement, um, still buy fresh fruit and still pay my mortgage? And so the Smith Maneuver is the perfect solution for clients and anyone listening to this podcast because you, this strategy actually takes your existing mortgage payment. So we're not asking for double up payments or increase your payments or lump sum. The strategy that we can show you actually takes your existing mortgage payment, helps reduce years off your amortization, reduces that horrible interest you're paying on your mortgage and creates a financial nest egg. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. The first two things that hit me is first of all, debt debt's a bad word. I don't want to be in debt and I certainly don't want to do it on purpose, right? Like that's, that's such a, a hard, <laughs> especially from you know our parents' generation saying, Hey, you know what? You want to pay off your mortgage as soon as you can, right? That's the, that, that's the, the, the big thing. Why would you, why would you want to take on more debt? And uh, one thing that I, that I found is that people, the wealthy people build their wealth on debt. 
And it's completely counterintuitive to the way that most people think. Right? Absolutely. You make a great point there, Sean. And I, I want to say that all of us, uh, average, average Canadians, at the moment that they go to purchase their primary residence, for that one brief moment in time, we actually act like the wealthy, right? We have a small amount of money that is available for the down payment, you know, usually typically anywhere between five to 20% that people have come to the table as their down payment to be able to purchase their home. And then they rely on a lender, a financial institution to be able to leverage the remaining funds that are required to be able to purchase that property, right? So right, very there, right? In that particular moment, for one moment, We've acted like the wealthy. And then we slip into herd mentality where we have all of that past um, mantras in our mind. Get rid of your debt as fast as possible. Pay off your mortgage. Be debt free. And we, we totally step away from that leverage aspect. Where is it that you can purchase something and like for one dollar and get, you know, the other four dollars? as completely funded by a financial institution. So now you have $5 in that scenario. And the value, the compound value of that growth, right, is phenomenal. And it's because of the power of leverage. If you only have that $1 to invest, your asset's not going to grow as much, right? And I'm obviously talking very, very small dollars. There's no $5 home out there. But you can see the power of how that can impact over time. So why not apply it to our other continue on and apply that to other investment strategies, right. To be able to continue to grow your wealth. You can get a gingerbread house for five bucks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about future values. You, you know, the thing is um, you're absolutely right, right. You've got, you're essentially five Xing your money when you buy your house, which is wonderful. Um, when, when you talk um, you, you sort of uh, briefly touched on Steph, the Smith maneuver, and I think we should jump right into it. Um, but the, the the thing that instantly uh, uh, I think is, well, wait a second. This sounds too good to be true. If it really was the way to do why isn't everybody doing it, you know, paying down their mortgage sooner? Um, so let's let, I guess we can talk about how it works, like the mechanics of it. And then okay. why, why is it that people are, 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 are not doing it? Yeah. So great, great point. So basically, in essence, the to implement the Smith maneuver, you need to have the right kind of mortgage. So you have to have a mortgage that is readvanceable. And in order to have a readvanceable mortgage, you have to have at least 20% equity in your home. Okay. So for your listeners listening to this podcast, you might think, well, three, four years ago, you know, Sean sold me this great home, but I only had five or 10% down. Well, with increased values, um, it's more than likely that you have a strong equity position and you have at least 20% equity. Okay. So, so think about it sort of in, in sort of two buckets. Okay. So let's just use an example. So you've got a $500,000 home and you have a $400,000 mortgage. Okay. When you start off with, you owe that $400,000 and it's for personal consumption and the government doesn't let you deduct that debt. Okay, because it's for personal consumption, a car, a boat, a cottage, whatever it is, personal consumption. However, what happens is when you make your mortgage payment, so let's use easy numbers. So let's say your mortgage payment is $2,000 a month. Okay, with the $2,000, 
There's a portion of it that's going to be interest, and there's a portion of it that's going to be principal, okay? And every time you make your mortgage payment, your mortgage payment becomes more efficient. And by more efficient, I mean that what happens is that more goes towards the principal and less goes towards the interest. And that's a good thing because if it doesn't become more efficient, then you never pay your mortgage off. Okay. So how the Smith maneuver works is it takes advantage of the principal portion on the pay down. So back to our example, $400,000 mortgage, you've got a re-advanceable HELOC line of credit. So you pay your $2,000, a thousand goes to the bank. Thank you very much. It's interest. You never see that portion, but a thousand dollars is the principal pay down. Now your mortgage balance is $3,099,000, right? It's not 400, but you have a thousand dollars available as equity in your line of credit. And so the Smith maneuver is we want to access that equity, right? You don't get like a little badge that you can wear around saying, hey, guess what? I paid my mortgage off, right? It's like, no, bad. You've got all that dead equity in an asset sitting there and it's not working for you. So the Smith maneuver would say, okay, let's take that $1,000, Sean, that you've reduced your mortgage balance and your line of credit. Let's take it and let's invest in capital markets. Um, you know, let's purchase some type of investment that's non-registered that is going to earn you some type of income. And when you do that, the CRA allows you to deduct the interest on that investment loan, right? Because you borrowed for the purpose of investing. This is what the wealthy do all the time. They're really good at it. And that interest is tax deductible. Now, over time, every month, you make your mortgage payment, you reborrow the principal, you invest it. And so what happens is that interest amount that you're claiming on your tax return, it grows and you get a tax refund. So the Smith maneuver says, well, let's take your tax refund that you have now because you created a tax credit and you borrowed to invest, pay down your mortgage reborrow that back again, borrow it again. And so your tax deductions are what you were using to help pay your mortgage down. In addition to that, whatever you're investing in, you or you know, say for example, you've invested in some capital investments that pay dividends. Those dividends, um, rather than having them reinvested, you want them in cash. You want to use the cash, flow it through, pay down your mortgage, reinvest it again. The whole premise of the Smith maneuver is using existing cash flow so that you are creating ways to create refunds to apply to the principal of your mortgage. Okay. Now, why do people don't do this? They go, that sounds horrible. I'm going to end up with a, no mortgage, but I'm going to end up with a $500,000 investment loan. They go, well, that's not good. I'm not paying anything off. Well, listen, if you've, yeah, you've got your 500, you know, your $400,000 um, investment loan, but guess what? During the last 25 years, now we've got a nest egg of, you know, $900,000. $900, so um, you never had that before. So even after paying off the investment loan, you know, you've got a net amount of cash that you never had before, which could help you prevent from going into a reverse mortgage later down the road. And, and, and like I said before, people are so afraid of being in debt, right? It's that, it's that, it's that hanging over your head feeling, uh, but there's good debt and there's bad debt. 
right? And 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 the debt that we're talking about is good debt. It's not a credit card. It's 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 like it's on purpose. It is it's very yeah. strategic. <laughs> uh, so, I love it. So the the thing I think that maybe people are missing out on is that is sort of the not recycling isn't the right way to put it, but it's the recycling of, of, of tax money back in. Right. And in, in your example of a $400,000 house that you're, that you're, that you're doing this on, excuse me. Um, how at the end of, let's say five years, what would be the difference between where you would be if you just paid your mortgage regularly versus where you would be applying this same strategy? Do you have an idea or, or a rough estimate? I'm not asking you to do like a whole bunch of, uh, uh, you, you know, quadratic equations or anything, but just, 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 <laughs> I love it. So usually just this, what we call the plain Jane Smith maneuver, which is simply re taking that principal pay down and investing it and recycling the uh, CRA refunds into it will save a couple of years off of your mortgage and a couple hundred thousand dollars in investment value that they're going you're going to be able to have at the end of it so when you compare apples to apples you know the same amortization time frame if you had not executed on the strategy at the end of your regular amortization you would have just been mortgage free with the Smith maneuver applied, you're actually going to be mortgage free a couple years sooner, be mortgage free, but also have that, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars as a nest egg as well. And and is this at all dependent in the real estate market going up in value? No. Yeah. So it doesn't have anything to do with the price of your house increasing or depreciating because you've already got that mortgage, that readvanceable. So it doesn't have anything to do with the fluctuating values. Now, whatever you're investing in, obviously, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in the market like there always is. But a lot of the calculations we do for clients, and I know, Sean, when we had talked to you about the strategy last Friday, we were using like a 6% return right over a long period of time so and we're also using current interest rates too right um which which are quite high so a lot of clients think oh my gosh you know interest rates are so high my line of credit is half a point plus prime i'm paying 7.2 this is terrible you know the markets are maybe going to give me three four percent but you have to remember that you know interest rates fluctuate it's a long-term strategy and most importantly if you're in a marginal tax bracket of you know, um, 46% or 50% or something like that, you know, the real interest rate for you is not 7.2% because you're deducting that interest as an expense. Um, you know, and in a long-term strategy, you know, clients might have equity there that, you know, they may, you know, actually purchase an investment property like with that equity, right? And again, tax deductible. Well, I think a 6% is a good uh, number to use because over the last 60 years, the average growth rate in Ottawa for real estate prices has been 6%. So if we're talking about using it to buy an investment property, I think that's a that's a really easy number to to, to ride on. Um, so I think this might be a good spot to to, to take a quick break and have a, have a, a word from our sponsors. Um, in the second half, we're going to talk about plussing the plain Jane of, of the Smith Maneuver, which is adding what you guys are calling cash damming to that. So we'll we'll unpack that and maybe uh, open it up to the floor, which is me, uh, for questions. <laughs> <laughs>
as always guys feel free to hit that like button subscribe to the channel to keep up to date with all the listing videos before they hit mls and share this with somebody who you think might be interested in becoming more wealthy and using real estate to do that you can schedule a, a, an appointment with any of the three of us the calendly links will be below uh they are below as you watch this video <laughs> and uh thanks for watching us on youtube if you're not watching on youtube you might be listening on spotify or apple podcasts in which case thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you after this break this episode of the real collective podcast is brought to you by real collective real collective brings together best in class real estate agents and collective experts in the field to deliver the best possible service to our clients we govern ourselves with honesty open-mindedness and compassion with diverse skill sets our agents are able to better serve a wide array of clients including first-time buyers first-time sellers transferees estate sales investors and rural vacation and luxury properties. Authenticity and transparency are pillars of our process, which allows us to put our clients at the center of everything we do. Our years of experience and knowledge allow us to deliver prestigious service and optimal results. If you are interested in buying or selling your home, contact us today at realcollective.ca. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Real Collective Podcast. As always, I'm Sean Tasse, joined by Steph and Christina today, talking about both Smith Maneuver and getting into it in the second half, cash damning. What the heck? Damn cash. It's wonderful. It doesn't, it doesn't involve beavers, okay? So no beavers were heard during this podcast. It's nothing to do with beavers. Let's take that off the table. Hot damn, that's cash. Uh, as always, guys, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, uh, share this with your friends who are interested in seeing what's up. Uh, if you'd like to book an appointment with us, you can do so in the Calendly links below and uh, hit this up on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. So, cash damning, what's it all about? Christina, take it away. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. So this is really a great strategy. If you have your not only your primary residence, but either have or are looking to acquire an investment property in personal name. So right now, anybody that has an investment property or is looking to buy, you would think that the rental income that you receive in needs to go towards paying the rental expenses. That's the flow of cash, right? And and we kind of do that quite comfortably and move it along and the renter pays down the investment property. So that seems really great. However, with the Smith maneuver, one of the accelerators is how we change up the flow of cash. Because at the end of the day, when you own that personally, that income that you're receiving for rental has to be claimed as personal income on your income taxes. The expenses are still claimed on your personal income taxes to be able to write off. So there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't take that rental income and use it to pay down your primary mortgage first. Mm. When you have that readvanceable line of credit, when you make that extra payment towards your principal portion of your mortgage, 100% of that is a principal pay down and available back to you on that line of credit. So you can immediately turn around and borrow that from the line of credit to be able to pay 100% of those rental expenses on the property. Now, if you're in a positive cash flow position in your investment properties, which I know is kind of challenging in today's market for some things, some properties, 
But if you're in a positive cash flow, that means you're paying your personal mortgage off faster, right? Because you're not taking as much money out of the line of credit to be able to pay those rental expenses. But now what you've done is at the end of the day, the debt is the same. You just have less on your personal non-tax deductible mortgage. And now the line of credit money that you've utilized to be able to pay those rental expenses, that's tax deductible. It's, you're it's, now increasing. It's, it's, it's almost like taking the plain Jane and doubling up, but it doesn't sound like it's a double up because what I understand about money, it's exponential, right? So it's got this sort of this, this curve growth rate. So yeah, I guess you need to have the type of mortgage that allows you to, to, to pay it off sooner without penalty sort of thing. Right. Um, but well, I've heard about this thing called a cash flow game by Robert Kiyosaki, like from rich dad, poor dad. Have you guys ever heard of that game before? No. Yes. It's uh, so you say cash flow, and that's the first thing that comes to mind is this, this cash flow game. Um, that's awesome. So, where does the idea of damning come from? I'm stuck on the term. <laughs> well, because well, because basically, what you're doing is that the idea of the damning is that you're pushing that cash through the actual mortgage, right? So, you know, that's that's the idea. Because normally, what happens is you flow the rental income into a bank account, right, from the tenant, and then from that bank account, you pay the rental expenses. So the idea is using your house, your personal mortgage as the dam, like to stop that, say, hey, well, wait a minute, don't just flow it in and out there. So what you're doing is you're running, you know, the mortgage through your house, like your physical house mortgage, which is acting as a bit of a dam and then pushing it out the other side through the line of credit, then injecting it back into your rental bank account to pay the rental expenses. Um, now, listen, when you do this strategy, so on a regular, like a 25-year AM, like just to give you a ballpark of this type of thing, it's crazy. You've actually paid off your mortgage, converted your mortgage, your expensive non-tax deductible mortgage in about eight to 10 years. Okay, so then at that point, that mortgage, it's, it's all tax deductible. Right. And then what happens is obviously you are growing your investment portfolio exponentially, right? Because all those extra dollars now are not going to pay the interest, you know, on the mortgage. Now you're just paying interest on the investment loan. You're getting bigger tax deductions. And, you know, you can take 10 years off of a mortgage, a regular mortgage by doing rental cash damming with one investment property. So I feel like it would almost make you want to like, first of all, I don't think that this is just for people who are like, ultra rich, high net worth things. I feel like this is applicable to like general people who, Hey, I've got, I've got one property and you know, I'm paying whatever I'm paying. And then I also have a rental property. Like it, it, it seems like it's, it's more accessible than I think people are, 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 are giving it credit for. The other thing I would like instantly, I'm like, Oh, well, if my primary mortgage is going to be paid off so quickly, I like the, the, the other thing that comes to my mind is, okay, well, I would think about wanting to upgrade my house to a more expensive house in 10 years so that I could continue to, to, to apply that same sort of philosophy. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess these are things that people think of when, when they hear the ideas, right. 
Yeah, you've hit it right on the head there, Sean. It's it is a strategy, and and why Steph and I feel so passionate about it is that we want to be able to open the eyes and help the average everyday Canadian homeowner be able to change their financial situation. Like, let's face it, we all you know we get so busy. We're we're working really hard, right? It's often, you know, a a dual household income um, that is, you know, we're out there working, we're raising our kids, we have aging parents, we get so busy. And it takes away that time to really be able to explore what are the other strategies out there? Like, I know there's stuff out there, the wealthy are clearly doing it. But I don't have the time to investigate and know what I even should do with my money or my house or my mortgage, you know, and there are so few things out there that have the ability to move the needle on our financial situation without requiring a um, large financial contribution on on our own personal cash flows, right? All of these strategies, both the Smith Maneuver and the cash jamming that Steph and I have talked about, it does not require you to put additional cash flows into the pot. You know, a lot of the um, folks out there that deal within the mortgage industry will say, oh, well, you can you can pay off your mortgage, do do accelerated biweekly payments or, you know, skip that latte every week and, and use that extra money to pay down your mortgage. Let's face it. That's just, it's not going to move the needle very much. I need, and you, I need, need to that have coffee. Latte. We need Wait that latte. Right? You're talking crazy. I, I mean, yeah. I'm a millennial would I be if I didn't want my avocado? <laughs> right. No. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is it. It is. It's a strategy for like everyday, everyday Canadians. And, you know, again, how often are you going to get an email from, you know, your lender and say, Hey, guess what? You know, here's an idea of, you know, how you could save yourself hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, you know what they, they're not right. Um, every prepayment option available to you through a traditional mortgage all inquires extra cash flow. Um, and you know, again, Sean, like it's, you know, you're like a real estate professional. We're mortgage professionals. You know, we do, we feel very strongly about, you know, educating in the average Canadian on this, right? We have a, a duty to actually do that, to say, hey, guess what, you guys, there is a better way of doing things. And, and you know, you think about Uber, right? Like it used to be like taxis and cabs and stuff like that. And now somebody figured out, hey, guess what? There's a better way to do it. And that's what this whole thing is. And, and it's amazing that, you know, you're helping bring this out to your audience and your listeners to say, hey, guess what? I came across this and there's a better way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, I Because I'm involved in, in sort of, uh, you know, working with investor clients and I, I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't really taken the time to understand it. Like you said, I don't have time. We've got three young kids, you know, we're, we're, we're working all the time. So, um, what, what do we do in, in scenarios where people have multiple rentals? Is that just like a, a further doubling up? Is that how it works? Is that the idea? Just yeah, it's a bigger dam. It's a right. huge dam. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. No, no. Okay. So the da- the dam is always going to be the size of the principal residence, which is why I said before, I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I might almost want to get a bigger house that costs more yeah. money. But, but like my payments on the house would go up, but my rental income, yeah, my rental income would, would be offsetting the house. Is there, a, is there an issue with sort of 
conflating your rental property and your personal property together and like intermingling the finances, that would twist me a little bit if I, if I, if I had that, is that something you come across? Yeah. The caveat is, is that the investment properties have to be personally owned, not held in a hold co uh, or on a, under commercial aspect yeah. for sure. So that, that would be the only holdback. But the, the way we flow the money in terms of the accounts and how we keep track, you know, you still have your personal account, but you also have like a special Smith account. So when clients are interested in the strategy, um, it is a more complex financial strategy. And we literally take you like baby steps through each stage, you know, giving you instructions, open this type of account. This is your Smith account. This is going to happen this month. And then you do this. So we're coordinating with your accountant, you know, financial planner, um, and with clients to make sure that they're actually setting, you know, the process up. And then also having check-ins um, on a regular basis to make sure that the strategy is implemented properly. Right. Yeah, I could see how there'd be a confusion if you don't implement it properly, that it, that it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't work, right? There's, you don't there's... want CRA chasing you, right? You want to make sure we do it right. <laughs> and, and, and like you say, it sounds as though there are a bunch of mechanics and how things move together and how they have to move. You know, one, one comes out of this and then, you know, a day or two later, the other comes out of that. And they have to make sure that the timing of everything hits because your personal mortgage and your income that you receive from your rental and your mortgage on your rental and your you know, expenses might be all sort of happening at different times. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to take into account. I think it's, I think it's, Great. I think the idea is awesome. Um, if so, if people want to get a hold of you directly, what's what's the best way for them to do it? Sure. If I can just I can just back up for one second here, Sean. You talked about uh, wanting to be able to maybe get a bigger home, right? And this is where the, your value as a realtor is going to be really beneficial to our clients, uh, to your clients and your listeners and stuff. Um, if they're very strategic, if we're strategic about the investment properties that we're acquiring, meaning we're looking for properties that are positive cash flow, uh, so probably more triplex, fourplex type of properties, that additional cash flow can help support that increased mortgage payment for that bigger home when you're doing all this cash jamming. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because, um, you know, if you set it up right, it can really be able to help support those future dreams that people have as well. Well, yeah, you set you set you set it up so that your monthly expenses stay the same, but you you upgrade your house. That's cool. right. Great. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so you can help them find those properties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how, how to get a hold of us. We would love it if uh, your listeners wanted to follow us on in debt uh, on purpose. Uh, there's a link tree um, there where they can get a hold of us. Um, and yeah, we're, we're all over uh, social media, our Facebook page and debt on purpose. It's Steph Edwards, uh, Christina Penchelik, which is probably a little harder. Uh, we're with the vine group <laughs> mortgage brokerage. Um, and uh, I think that for people, it is a complex, it's like sometimes when you're hearing about these strategies, it's like trying to drink through like a water, a fire hose, right? It's just like, it's so much information. And, you know, when we would say to any of your listeners, hey, book a consult with us, a free consultation, let us do a quick rundown of your situation. And also, Sean, we will send you 10 Smith Maneuver books um, for any of your listeners that message you 
um, and will make 10 Smith Maneuver books that explains the whole strategy uh, from cover to finish. And don't worry, everybody, it's only like 173 pages. So it's not like it's a 500 page novel or something you have to get through. Well, the caveat is a lot of the times people who are listening to real estate podcasts can't actually read. So uh, it's nice <laughs> playing to them. I'm obviously kidding. <laughs> so no, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Thanks so much. There's uh, I, I think, I think I might get a lot of people putting up their hand and saying, yeah, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd love one of those books. So that's, that's wonderful. Thanks so much guys for joining uh, today. Um, as always, uh, if, if, if you guys would like to reach out, you can. Uh, the Calendly links are all below. Uh, you can reach out uh, on any of the social media platforms. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, thanks so much for looking at our faces. If you're hearing us on Apple Podcasts, that's great. Spotify, that's great too. Uh, download uh, on either of those uh, uh, web uh, catchers. And um, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share with all your friends. And give us a call if you'd like. There's actually phones. Uh, so if you want, you can call us to at one eight real five eight. Until next time, I hope that you can all keep it real. Collective. <laughs> <laughs>